0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: What's going on, Reds fans? And what's going on, baseball fans alike? And also Braves fans, too, if you're tuning in today. I'm your host, Jeff Carr of the Locked On Reds podcast. Today, we've got a crossover. This is We're going to call it a crossover plus one. Normally, I like to do these before the series starts, but today we're doing it after game one. My friend and yours, Dylan Short, the host of the Locked On Braves podcast, is joining me today. We will be talking about this Reds series. We're going to quickly talk about what happened in game one and look forward to games two and three and we've got some thoughts on what different teams have been doing and and relief pitching and all that good stuff. That's coming up here in just a moment on the Lockdown Reds Podcast. Before we get into all of that, though, you know we got to hit that intro. It's the Lockdown Podcast Network, your
0: team every day. Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Every. It day. is
1: a good day today. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm your host Jeff Carr. If you are just finding the podcast make sure you subscribe right here on the youtube channel or follow me on your favorite podcasting app you can also follow me on twitter for flying takes and all kind of good stuff lots of i I like to tweet about food and star wars as well as the reds you can follow me at jeff Carr with three f's and you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. I forgot to shout out yesterday. It was the anniversary of two huge things. I tweeted that out yesterday at Locked On Reds. It was the anniversary of the longest home run in Great American Ballpark history, as Adam Dunn hit one 535 feet, which went over the batter's eye. This was in 2004. This was before the riverboat existed. It probably would have cleared that. And legend has it hit Marion Way on a bounce and went into the Ohio River and probably ended up somewhere down near Mississippi. So we're talking about hundreds of miles for this home run. And then also it was the, uh, the anniversary 11 years ago yesterday of the brawl with the Cardinals and when Yadier Molina cemented his legacy as one of the most hated men in the city of Cincinnati. Yeah, that was yesterday. I totally missed a bunch of that. There was a lot of great minor league stuff. We're going to talk about that on tomorrow's podcast, though, because today we're talking Reds Braves, and I have with me the man in charge of the Locked On Braves podcast. He is Dylan Short, and he knows all things Braves. Dylan, how you doing, man?
0: I am fantastic. Welcome to the show to all the blocked on Braves listeners who are tuning in. Kind of a fun little setup as um, Braves and Cardinals tend to, There's there still tends to be some animus between uh, Braves and, and Reds fans um, from the long battles they had early, early on back in the day. But I think that we can both agree that right now we're probably better friends than we've ever been. And I, I don't know if it's because there haven't been a ton of you know, real battles back and forth with the other ones kicking each other out of the playoffs. But I think the hatred of the Cardinals has grown so hot for the Braves that nobody else in the Central like really even registers. It's just hate the Cardinals.
1: The enemy of the enemy, as my friend, I lived in Braves country. Whenever the not infield fly happened,
0: woo man! Don't don't remind Braves fans. We are <laughs> still anytime there's a anytime there's an infield fly call, somebody will bring that up and will will come strapped with a picture. That was I think that might have been one of the worst moments, other than like when Kent Herbeck, who is forever going to be one of the most hated players of all time in Braves Country, pulled Ron Gant off a bag and cost the Braves a World Series.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I I remember I was living in Huntsville, Alabama. Whenever that happened, and all of us around the TV either liked the Braves or hated the Cardinals. Me, and uh, we we all hated that moment. That was terrible. <laughs> um, well, we've got baseball today to talk about because, and we're going to start off with. The first game of this series, because if you are a fan of the Braves or if you are a fan of baseball in general, that was high drama. There was lots going on, lots of great at-bats, lots of great pitchers' duels, really. But for the most part, if you're a Reds fan, you hated everything about that game because the Reds just literally walked a win over to the Braves' dugout. Uh, Dylan, your thoughts? So I didn't really know what to think at the time. I was a little
0: shocked that the Braves struggled against Sonny Gray as much as they did. Um, I mean Sonny's a really good pitcher, don't All right. I'm a big fan of Sonny Gray. I was I've never been on the train that Sonny's like a number one. Um, but I think he's a very excellent pitcher. And they brought it up on the broadcast for the Braves side last night. That he's kind of similar to Tim Hudson. And when that happens, the Braves mm-hmm. generally deal well with kind of average to below average velocity it's when you have guys that can throw these 94 mile an hour sliders that the offense looks bad i was i was pretty impressed all around i thought they'd do better against Sonny, but i you know i'm just i'm happy for a win right now especially with the phillies having to play the dodgers
1: yeah that has been crazy too i wanted to talk to you about that with the way that the eight or the nl east has kind of changed so much over the last week now it's completely wide open and I even remember during the trade deadline show we were kind of talking about the different moves that the Braves had made and it was confusing for the fact that we didn't realize how close the Braves were to first place I mean that in hindsight that looks super smart now
0: well so at the risk of making a lot of Braves fans very unhappy with me I wasn't all that enthused at the deadline Richard Rodriguez obviously that was the key piece for me um, yeah. That was that was an outstanding trade. As far as the position players go, I was actually kind of underwhelmed. Uh, I thought it was a really good opportunity for the Braves to go really in big. Like, I'm still angry that Trey Turner is a Dodger and not a Brave. Um, oh, yeah. But everybody's worked out. All all the additions from Jock Peterson, who was before the All-Star break, uh, or before the deadline, uh, all the way to Soler, who's been just crushing baseballs like he tends to do. Everything's worked out well so far, and the Braves are about to start getting healthy again. Oscar Arnoa's going to be back really quickly. Travis is going to be back probably tonight. And then Ian Anderson will probably be back next week or the week after. So, for the Braves, man, this is this is the right time. The NL East is super competitive, just like we thought before the season. Just not in the exact way that we thought it would be before the season started. We didn't realize that it was going to be one of the worst divisions in baseball. But, <laughs> uh, you know, for a Braves fan, this is really... Working out for that as well as you could ask. The Braves played as bad as it was possible for that roster to play for half a season, and yet they're a
1: game out of first. They definitely got a shot, and last night was a huge boon. Um, Seeing the way that the Reds' bullpen pitched was uh, Groundhog Day. In fact, uh, that was so many different games throughout this season have looked that way where as soon as they go to the bullpen things devolve and not in the way that other teams are making lots of hard contact there's not been a ton of home runs it's just they don't throw strikes and you had Heath Embry come in Heath Embry, who I said right here on the Lockdown Reds podcast was the Reds best reliever in the first half of the season i stand by that i also say this now whenever t.j anton is healthy and ready to come back to the major leagues i think it's time for heath Embury to go because he's done I, I think he comes into games and he pitches not to lose speaking of pitching not to lose the guy who came in after him he uh amir garrett pitches a third of an inning pitches as uh, few batters as he possibly can and he walks two of them and they were both left-handed even in the days of the loogie that is not an employable uh, result. I mean, you you're not gonna have a lefty that can't get lefties out. So I, I don't understand why David Bell is just so I, I think he is locked into some kind of redemption story for some of these dudes in the bullpen that he just really, really forces the issues and things like this because Luis Cesso was okay, Michael Gibbons was okay. Michael Lorenzen was okay. They didn't pitch the day before. So they could have pitched yesterday. And they didn't. I, I was, uh, I was baffled by that. I, I, I thought it was weird that they pulled them in an entire game because, I mean, I, I thought the game was within reach for either team at that point, And that inning just absolutely shot holes in any sails that the Reds might have had in their, uh, in their uh, ship.
0: I mean, bullpens, are, bullpens and, and managing managing bullpens, seems to, that seems to be like the real bugaboo across baseball. We, we could talk about this up and down the list with just about every team. Some guys just know how to, to manage bullpens, and some guys don't like to, to steer away from the way that they think it should be done. You see that a lot now. It tends to be whenever... Whenever you have somebody who's been around baseball for a long time or somebody who's kind of, as we call a traditionalist, um, you you get this thing where these managers will want to run the same guys out there and give you the, the try to true, well, we just got to power them through it. And that's certainly true, but there is such a thing as, as you know, specific leverage situations for a reason. and. For the Braves, we're just happy that it's not our bullpen that's blowing stuff right now. Uh, we we were dealing with that for literally all but like the last two, about the last, really about the last month of if I'm being kind to the bullpen. It's been good for about a month now, but it's been, it's, it's been a trial and we were seeing it a lot where you don't have consistency. And really, I think it really ultimately comes down to you need different types of makeup in the bullpen. Obviously, you need your guys that are just high stuff that can just go in there and, and lock it down. The problem is those guys tend to not have very consistent command, which is why they're relievers in the first place. Uh, But you do need to kind of cut that, so to speak, with some guys that know how to locate. That way you have some guy who's not going to – you have at least one or two. You should always have two. You should always have at least two guys who you can bring into a game, and even if they're going to give up contact, they're not going to walk people all over the yard. If you can feel confident, they'll throw strikes. Right now, I don't think the Reds really have that. Henry used to be that guy, but he's, I, I don't think he is anymore. Antone is, is, is really, really talented. Uh, I, I think that he's whatever. I think he's kind of like Grisel, where they wanted him as a starter for a long time, but I think he's just going to fit better in the bullpen. Um, Braves have had a little bit of that, too. We're going to see that once the Noah comes up, and then once Ian Anderson comes back, either Tuki Toussaint or Kyle Muller will move to the bullpen. Uh, and I think if Tukey moves to the bullpen, that's where he'll stay. That was the plan before the season. Obviously, injuries kind of ruined that. But as far as the Reds go, man, I'll, I'll, I'll give some credit where it's due. I I really, half the time I look at them, I don't expect them to be playing as well as they are. Now, I don't I don't know, and I wanted to ask, you: is that more of a function of the Central as a whole, or is it just the Reds have quietly been an above-average team?
1: It's definitely been... Um... I think it's a little bit of both. It's definitely been augmented by the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, they just are a terrible team, and the Reds have dominated them as such this season, which it's good because in years past, they've acquiesced to the hey, level that the need, Pirates you
0: gotta are. You've got to beat the teams you're supposed to yeah. beat.
1: Yeah, and, and, that's, and that's been an issue for them in years past. So they've taken advantage of that, and I think the thing that they've got is, for the most part, at least three to four out of every five days, they've got good starting pitching. It's just, can the bullpen hold it? And they've, more times than I, I mean, yesterday, the lineup really got shut down. Drew Smiley was getting a lot of weak contact from them, and I know that Aquino had Thank that home run, Lord. but that was it.
0: That Thank was the, the Lord, Smiley was leaving balls in the middle of the <laughs> plate all day. There's, the nothing more, there's nothing more terrifying for Braves fans than seeing Drew Smiley go through the order a third time.
1: <laughs> I I was surprised that they had left him in to be honest with you but hey he, to his credit he pitched pretty well there and the Reds lineup just was not taking advantage but for the most part it just comes down to what the bullpen's going to do and on days where David Bell insists on pitching the B squad out of the bullpen that's when we really just you know chew our nails off and make sure we've got a strong drink nearby
0: I I, uh, I can certainly commiserate with you there. We we get that quite a bit here in Braves country still, um, and uh, we we kind of feel that way, or at least I do, every time Will Smith comes in the ninth inning, because uh, he just he just doesn't throw clean innings, man, and it goes back to bullpens. There's, I don't know if there's another position group in baseball that can cause you as many ulcers as the bullpen.
1: Right. No, and uh, I I tell you, it's. It's been an issue all year. It's an issue that the front office and ownership created this past offseason, but I won't get into all that because I've said that a whole bunch and I think people are tired of it. <laughs> but I will tell you, we're going to preview today's pitching matchup coming up here in just a minute before we talk about that, though, I want to let you know there's this great app that we're all using to talk about sports nowadays. It's the Spotify green room app. It was actually the locker room app. So if you download the locker room app and then all of a sudden you've got this weird logo on your phone, that's not locker room, something completely different. Spotify bought it and turned it in to Spotify green room. You can join me. You can join Dylan. You can join other media types. They've got players on there sometimes and lots and lots of fans talking about all of the biggest news and uh, games, reactions, all that good stuff in sports. You can follow the MLB group. You can follow Dylan and myself and get notified when we go live. And you can join in on the conversation with us later this week. Download the Spotify app on your iOS device or on your Android device as well and join us as we talk about the Reds and the Braves in Major League Baseball and everything that's going on because Spotify Greenroom is changing the way that we talk sports. Download that app today and join Dylan and myself as we have rooms. We talk about our teams. That's the Spotify Greenroom app. All right. So tonight we've got a Wiley vet against a young buck. We got Wiley Miley, Wade Miley against Tukey Tucson. I I know for my fact, I'm not sure as to the tempo that Tukey Tucson likes to pitch to, but if he is any, if he's even close to average and both these guys go deep into the game, it's going to be a quick game because Wade Miley doesn't like to mess around, man. Like he gets the ball and throws it very quickly, come right come hell or high water it's going to be interesting to see but Dylan what can Reds fans expect from the man they call Tukey so well, Tukey's
0: another one he works very very quickly a lot of the Braves pitchers do especially the young guys okay. uh like when you guys see Kyle Muller you'll see because Kyle Muller literally just gets it and throws uh but Tuki's pretty similar in that respect and Reds fans if Tukey's on today you're going to be very, very well reminded of a former Reds player. And I have said this for years. Tukey Toussaint, to me, is just like Rice Rysell uh, He's He's got a decent fastball. He's got some good velo on it. can run it up to 97. He would normally sit around 94, 90, anywhere from 93 to 95. He will just sit right around 94. Occasionally he'll bring it. But it's the off-speed. It's, it's the secondary pitch that's the big key for him. The curveball for Tuki is his best pitch, easily. It's a bit of a looper. It's a big looper, but it's one of those that's almost almost has the the sharp downward break of like a knuckle curve. But he throws it more like a 12-6. Um, but he, he makes big league hitters look stupid with it. Uh and then if he's got a split finger on, it's gonna be a long day for that Reds lineup, particularly those those lefties. But like Iglesias, back when the Reds were were starting him, it's that command of the third pitch and the fastball command that can get away from him at times. And as far as tonight, what you'll see from Tuki is you're going to see a lot of secondary pitches. You'll know within the first inning kind of how it's going to be. Now, if he's got the the splitter command and the, the curveball command, he can, he doesn't really have to have the fastball in order to, to mitigate some damage, but he'll have some longer innings. If he's got the fastball command, he's, he's absolutely electric.
1: It's gonna be interesting to see. I know I've streamed him a couple of times in fantasy and been pretty happy with it. I I didn't stream him against the Brewers, so I didn't worry about that. But um I, I'm looking forward to watching him pitch and talking about Rice Iglesias, it's gonna be fun to watch because I remember when Rice Iglesias first came up as a starter, he did have some really good outings. So this could be a long day for the reds lineup On it's the almost other the end of exact the story,
0: same story by the way it yeah. is literally if you look at the two players it's almost the exact same breakdown they just have such premium stuff that you want to start them and they don't want to pigeonhole them as winning guys it's just the command and it's, it's the mechanics and it's the command with rice l he's got that big sweeping arm action that comes across his body with tukey his fastball it just tends to run uh, arm side so much that that it can be unplayable. Who's not able to spot it? So it's a uh, it's a nice little barometer because for Tuki this is a big start for him because him and Muller are going to have to battle now to see which one of them are going to be uh, in the rotation, which one of them is going to go to the bullpen, and who goes to AAA. Because I can I can I know a lot of Braves fans are in this weird mindset that because Wascar only throws two pitches that oh he can't be a starter. Never mind the fact that Blake Snell didn't start getting good again until he only started throwing pitch, two pitches or that. Jacob DeGrom, who I don't know if you've heard of him, might be the best pitcher we've ever seen. Um, <laughs> throws two pitches for literally like 90% of his time. Um, right. but, but with Anella, he's going to come back as a starter. He was the brand's best starter. He punched a bench and broke his hand. He's coming back as a starter. Ian Anderson's obviously not coming back into the bullpen. He might need one, maybe two more rehab starts, then he'll be back up. So at, that, at that point, for Tukey, he's going to be kind of in the same role that he's been in all year. He's going to have to battle it out and this Reds lineup they can do they can do damage and if your command is not on there pretty much up and down y'all's lineup you've got home run pop
1: i i'm hoping that they'll at least uh bring a little bit more offense today i was glad to see them actually score runs it was the first time in two years that they scored runs down in atlanta so I'm that was nice don't. to see but from the from the red side Braves can expect Wade Miley just to be super consistent with his pitches he's been very good at limiting hard contact this year now he has in some games gotten into trouble by giving up solo shots and things like that so that can happen and he also uh, he doesn't walk a ton of people but he's also not going to strike out a ton of people he is trying to make the hitter hit his best pitch not necessarily worrying about making him getting himself out but he is going to throw lots of breaking balls low in the zone and the fastball is going to be kind of high and inside he's going to try and get that in for a strike and then set the tone for the rest of the at bat he is and and like i mentioned he works very fast so i i'm hoping especially if he gets into a groove. I mean, I I still remember very vividly when they were in San Francisco, he was in a groove and to the point where the ball boy, because he had thrown a strike and nobody was on base, but Tucker didn't catch it, so it went back to the backstop. So the ball boy's running out to grab it, and he is still in the camera shot as Wade Miley's going into his motion. I mean, he is so quick whenever he's in the zone this might be a very interesting watch if you're a fan of pitching I'd be interested to see what the over-under is I haven't looked at it yet but uh I'm looking forward I I knew that coming into this series it was going to be very tightly contested because these two teams are close to the playoff race and I think that tonight is going to be no exception especially with you saying that Tukey likes to work fast
0: yeah I think that the the good news for the Braves here in facing Miley is that the Cardinals were nice and to throw you three of the exact same pitcher, uh, and all three of them are very similar to Wade Miley, where they don't have premium velocity. They they kind of rely on secondaries and pitching around the zone and not necessarily in the zone. I think a lot of it's going to come down to who's behind the plate as far as the umpiring crew goes. Because if Miley gets that call off the plate consistently, that changes the game for for any hitter, but especially for a lot of these Braves hitters. Um, luckily for the Braves now. Stringing together hits has not been fun for the Braves all season. Since the deadline, since they've kind of rearranged the lineup, it's been a lot better. You were able to see last night the Braves were kind of struggling offensively for a little bit until they were able to come through there and put enough traffic on base to make something actually stick. And that's kind of been the name of the game. They've got home run power. But when the Braves were really, really good the last couple of years, it came in a variety of ways. This whole year, the Braves have been able to mash home runs, whether like fifth or seventh in OPS in Major League Baseball. Uh, and they were second in home runs for the longest time, just behind the Dodgers. And they they don't really count. That's like the Harlem Globetrotters. They don't really count. Um, right. But that's kind of the story. Is if you're going to be a team that can do damage in the playoffs, it can't just be reliant on the home run. You got to be able to to do other things. You got to be able to drive actual hits and get traffic on the bases without it being a homer. So I'm excited to see. I think uh, this is a good opportunity for the Braves. Like I said, the Phillies are stuck playing that Dodgers team, so. The Braves—they've been on, a, on a, the first real run they've had of the season. I think they're six of their last seven, or five of their last six, something like that. It's been—it's been a nice—it's been a nice change for Braves fans. I'll tell you that. For us not being able to win back-to-back games for the longest stretch in Major League Baseball history, uh, this is this has been a, a nice a nice stretch for us
1: it's going to be interesting to see how game two goes i want to talk a little bit about game three and just some overall series thoughts here in just a moment with you here dylan but before we get into that let's talk about some built bar we're talking about the best tasting protein bar on the market bar none in the universe with, in the universe because it's made with 100 percent real chocolate who else can say that i mean you've got like cardboard bars out there we won't name names but most of them don't taste like anything at all built bars got a lot of great flavors that are all made with 100 real chai. you got my favorite cherry barcia dylan what's your favorite
0: salted caramel man that one Ooh. and uh i don't know if they're yeah. still doing this but i haven't gotten any in a while the birthday cake flavor holy i know so- i'm a child i'm a child so like childish <laughs> flavors are my favorite but that birthday cake one was absolutely insane. And no. when you're talking about those built bars, you know what else makes them better than all of those other gas station or, or quote unquote healthy options there? It's the texture. You don't feel like you're eating beef yes. jerky that tastes like cardboard. You've got something that actually tastes like a candy bar and it's got that feel to it too. So you don't feel like you're, you know, your mouth is going to break trying to chew it up.
1: Without a doubt. And I'm a huge stat guy, too, and the stats don't lie. We're talking about four grams of carbs, four grams of sugar, and up to 18 grams of protein. I mean, when, when you combine the 100% real chocolate, the flavors that you get from Built Bar, and those statistics, I don't know what you're waiting for. Go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. And save 15% off your next order. You can find your favorite flavor. You can get a mixed box. They get you two of each flavor that they've got going on. You can check out the limited flavors that they roll in and out every so often. They've got amazing stuff to check out. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. Plus, Dylan, I was looking at this. I, I went over to BetOnline.ag. And I wonder what you're thinking about this because the over-under tonight is set at 10. Now, I will say, kind of like we talked about, Wade Miley, Tukey Toussaint, they work fast, but like you mentioned, Tukey's got command stuff. And then whenever Wade Miley's not on, he's walking guys and he's throwing some meatballs in the middle of the zone. How are we feeling about 10? Are we we leaving this? Are we taking this? What are you thinking? This is...
0: This is such a hard one to look at, and props to bet online for throwing a really interesting line out there as they usually do. We were talking about guys that you're gonna have somebody take the take the over on that and feel really good when there's like 11 total runs scored, or you're gonna have somebody bet big on that and there's gonna be absolutely like three runs total scored in the game. And you want to stump the Schwab, you want to beat the sharps, well, you got to put your money where your mouth is. Think, uh Thanks to betonline.ag, the normal average fan can do so as well. If you're not in the game lines in particular, I'm sure you can find some lines on whether or not a certain player will be able to perform today. I don't know if you want to throw, if you're a Reds fan, Nick Castellanos right there. Probably somebody you'd like to take an over on. For Braves fans, Freddie Freeman, probably somebody you'd like to take a little over-under on.
1: Freddie kind of had a rough night last night, so I'm expecting him to get his revenge tonight. That's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting bet, I would say. I think he's probably going to go yard once in this game for sure. I I'll be interested to see how the Reds limit the damage. I think I'm taking the under on this ten. I hate betting the under, but I feel like good nights are coming for both these pitchers, and the Reds' a squad in the bullpen is ready to go. They didn't pitch that much last night, so I'm thinking that I'm going under ten, which right now is setting minus 118. That's my tip for betonline.ag today. Go there, set up your profile. And what's that promo code, Dylan?
0: That is going to be locked on, my
1: friend. Locked on. You'll get 50% added onto your initial deposit. Plus take this tip under 10 minus 118 on the Braves and Reds tonight. All right. I, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I will say I, I hit really well on a weekend tip uh last weekend when the Reds faced the Pirates, but I missed uh on the tip that I had for the Reds and Indians. So hopefully we've got a, a winner here today. I just think I think both guys are gonna be on their game tonight. I think both Miley and Tukey are gonna pitch well.
0: I think uh Tukey's due for another really good start. His last start was a step in the right direction, wasn't great, um, but but he was able to overcome. And actually a lot of us in Braves Country were were pretty excited that Tukey was able to manage a game without having premium stuff and premium location. So for him, this is a good opportunity. We've seen Tuki have great starts before in previous seasons, uh, and then we've just seen him not be able to carry that over, and that's kind of the realm he's been into now. Since he's been up, he's had two outstanding starts. He's had two good, not great starts. He's also had two very bad starts. So for Tukey, it's the name of the game is consistency, and there's not a better opportunity than uh, when your back's up against the wall. A lot of these young guys from the Braves do very well uh, when their back's up against the wall. Now, there's a lot of them that don't, um, you know, names like Kyle Wright, uh, names like Bryce Wilson, who's now with the Pirates. But there's a lot of these young guys that really flourish when they have that opportunity and they know that it's their final one. Uh, I don't know how it's been for a lot of the Reds' prospects, but you guys are throwing a prospect of your own um, tomorrow, right, Vladimir Gutierrez?
1: Yeah. He, in his rookie year, Goody has been pretty Gucci. I mean, he's, you will know right away how good or bad he's going to be because he gives up lots of hard contact early. If he's not going to be good, he has, but he's had some games where he's gone six, seven innings, allowing one earned run, maybe two earned runs, something like that. I've he's the one related to
0: Guerrero, right? Nah,
1: yeah. Nah, cousin, he, um, right? yeah, he, uh, he's there. He, I think he's the cousin. Yeah. Um, but he, um, you know, he's had a great season with his curve ball. He can throw it for strikes and I love what he can do with, uh, he doesn't try to nibble. I think that's one thing that's gotten and, and Sonny gray didn't so much do it yesterday, but in past starts has had problem with that. Tyler Malley has been a guy that once he gets to two strikes, he really tries to pitch around the hitter and get that third strike. And it gives him lots of balls and, and really, uh, Runs pitch up that
0: count, a pitch lot. count. Yeah. That's a good that's, that's a big problem for young guys. Uh Kyle yeah. Muller, who you guys will see, that's kind of the same thing as Kyle. Um, he has no problems getting the two strikes, and he works faster than maybe any other pitcher in baseball. Um, when he gets to O2, though, he does have a tendency to nibble. And for a lot of these young guys, that's that's kind of the last big hurdle. Once you can feel pretty confident about your ability to get the two strikes, everybody's chasing that perfect hitch. And I feel like nowadays in baseball. When you get up, when a hitter gets 0 2, you're automatically expecting at least two pitches that aren't going to be in the zone. Uh, right. So it's, it kind of gets to that mode where obviously you want to go to the strikeouts because the only way to make sure that you don't have any damage done against you is for the pitcher to strike the guy out for uh, him to not allow contact. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm excited. I haven't seen Gutierrez, so I'm excited to see him. I, I remember some big blurbs on him for a few years and he kind of fell off a little bit as far as where to place him in the prospects for the Reds, but I've always liked his stuff.
1: And you can't he argue with th-
0: bloodlines. You really can't argue with bloodlines.
1: Right. And he, he, he went through that hiatus because of, uh, performance enhancers and he, that suspension and things like that. But coming back, he really had his good stuff. And, uh, we're talking about tomorrow's game here with Gutierrez and Mueller, and it's interesting that the the, the start time five ten. Like wh- this is an Eastern Time game. We're not in Central Time. I don't know what's going on here, but yeah, uh, I'm not fond of that. Yeah, I don't like. This is going to be weird. Like people are going to be on their drive home listening to the beginning of the game. This is very strange for me but when i look at goody he's been a lot of fun to watch and i always say like when he's got his really good stuff i think it's just hitters are just so overly focused on the spider tattoo on his neck and they're just like (laughs) freaking out they're like i I don't know what to do at this point
0: like matt staring at you with them different colored eyes no one's gonna turn blue once he takes your soul
1: it's, it, you know, they're, they're checking for substances, but those aren't things that they can control the spider tattoo, the different colored eyes. Like those are just individual performance enhancers that uh, they're, they're going to roll with. I, I love watching Goody pitch and I'm interested because I think the reds have faced Kyra Muller a couple of times and Muller's kind of shut them down.
0: Muller is one of these. That's really fun to watch. Um, and I don't know how long this is going to keep lasting for him, but he's one of these rare guys that has actually been way better in the majors than he's been really at any stop in his minor league career, especially at the beginning of it. Mueller generally struggles his first time at a new level. He hasn't had that issue uh, with Atlanta. Now, to be fair, it's the first three starts he had were against outstanding pitchers. Um, right. His first start was against DeGrom. Didn't win that one, but he only allowed two runs. Really, really pitched well against Degrom, and really the Braves should have won that, and they kind of blew that for him. Uh, then I believe he was the one who took on Darvish in the Padres series, uh, and then I might be wrong on that one. That one might have been Tukey. but um, he's he's had a lot of the big name pitchers that he's gone up against. This last start, this last outing he had was like the first one where he didn't face like an opposing ace, and sometimes that can help, and sometimes that can actually hurt young guys when you're coming up and you're facing one of these studs then you kind of know that you have to be on your game. It kind of gives you that adrenaline run throughout the whole start. When you're facing these guys who are kind of the average guys or the fourth or fifth in a rotation, then it comes. It becomes more about you, and you actually end up being a little bit tighter. So I'm I'm looking to see what Mueller can do. I know he can strike out a lot of guys. Uh, you know he's got really good stuff. His secondaries are really nice. It's command of them that's, that's kind of key for him. Uh, but that slider for him has been a big game changer at the big league level. He's got a good hook. He's got a good fastball. Um, he'll throw a change up every once in a while. But really that slider has been kind of the key pitch for him, busting that slider on the back foot of righties. Uh, and I think that's the big key for Muller. If he can if he can consistently back foot that slider, then he's going to have a good outing. Um, luckily, a lot of the Reds' big boppers tend to be lefty. I'm not looking forward to – I'm never excited when Castellanos comes to the plate because the dude just <laughs> breaks. Uh, but overall, if, if Mueller can kind of command a little bit better and not play around when he gets two strikes, he's got a chance to go deep. The only thing that's held him back has been pitch count. And uh, you, you mentioned Tyler Malley. That's a very good player for Braves fans to look at in terms of what Kyle Mueller's been. And for Reds fans to kind of look at Tyler Malley's type of outings, and you can kind of expect what you're going to get from Kyle Mueller. They're very, very similar pitchers.
1: He shut the Reds down back on June twenty-seventh. I had to look that one up, but I was like, good lord, three base runners, nine strikeouts, and five innings. That the was an five impressive innings was
0: story. the problem because he was doing yeah. a lot of that where he'd get to 0-2 and then he'd run a count three, two. And it's just that's that's the final piece for young guys, really, is, is figuring out how to manage pitch count. And when they're first coming up, it's like, hey, just give me good outings. If it only goes five innings, it only goes five innings. But once you start trying to make your stamp on a rotation and actually like earn a higher slot on there then it becomes about you need to get me six or seven each time out. So
1: I'm excited to see it. It's going to be interesting to watch. And one thing I wanted to ask you too, before we wrapped up, I know that the Braves really had to deal with the injury of Ronald Acuna, but I thought they did a admirable job of going out and getting some outfielders. Has any one of those guys been the the dude who's really stepped up and at least tried to replace production or has it been somebody else who has been the key linchpin replacement for Acuna because I know they're in the middle of the order with Freeman and Acuna and Albies that was always really cool well
0: so when Acuna went down 99.9 percent of Braves country were okay the season's done uh yeah. and there's a there's there's you know I can't fault anybody for thinking that you don't replace Ronald Acuna he's one of the top five most talented players in baseball I said myself he's that he's, he's King Griffey Jr that's that's what he is. He's that guy that can do every single f- thing on the field and do it better than everybody else. He's just yeah. he's just that type of dude. Um, but I really, I did not ever hold to the idea that the, that, that just meant the Braves were done for this year. Uh, a lot of people, you tend to forget because you're looking at how great Ronald is, you forget about a, a lot of the other guys on the team. Now, Freddie, coming off an MVP season a year ago, Freddie's always been the linchpin. As soon as Acuna went down and Freddie just started tearing it up again, he's actually hitting as well over the last two and a half months or so uh than what he was doing his mvp season Uh, he's been incredible this year and that's why i wasn't all that worried he wasn't hitting early neither was ozzy albies who in my opinion is not just the best second baseman in baseball one of the most underrated players in baseball period for the things that he can give you um but as far as the new additions you have to look at they've all played very well duval has already been Amazing in left field. He's already hosed two runners. He's, you know, he just comes up clutch with home runs whenever, whenever it seems like the tide is starting to turn. When the Braves look like they're kind of gaining a little bit of momentum, and if Duvall's at the plate, he's going yard and he's going to turn the momentum for the Braves. He's been doing that his whole Braves career, basically. Uh, but Jorge Soler is the one that I'm going to keep looking at. He hasn't looked that bad in the field. There were a couple ones last night where he kind of let the ball play him rather than run to the spot. I uh, can't remember who it was, but there was one early on in the game uh, on a, a, a well-hit fly ball. Uh, I want to say... Was it Shogo? Maybe, maybe. Maybe it was Shogo. Uh, It was a leadoff double. It been, no, it was Joey Votto. It was Votto. Uh, okay. Where Votto, Votto hit one pretty good. He touched it pretty good. But it was a play that like, Ronald or a more seasoned outfielder would have made. But for Soler, it's been the offense, and that's why you got him. You didn't give up anything for him. You gave up Casey Kalich um but Soler's a guy that when he makes contact with the ball he just crushes them and he's making great contact he's hitting over 300 and this time with the Braves. now that's probably not gonna last but he's been he's been such a boon to be able to put him second in the order and have freddie uh hitting behind him and have austin hitting behind freddie you just kind of guarantee that people in the top part the top portion of your lineup are all seeing fastballs and all of them are very good fastball hitters Jock's been really good since coming over. i got to give him some props. I wasn't a big fan of that move. I thought Jock was kind of done, but he's been very, very good. Really, all of the additions the Braves have made that actually play key time other than Kevin Smith have been really good.
1: It's good to see, and, and there's these final two games are going to be amazing to watch between the Reds and the Braves. Game two tonight at 7-10, and like we mentioned, game three, 5-10 tomorrow. the a Weird. start time weird early evening game I, I don't know what to make of that but we'll be all over it you can follow me if you're a reds fan you don't follow me or if you're a braves fan you can follow me on twitter at jeff Carr with three f's and you can follow the show at locked on reds dylan where can they find you
0: you can follow me on twitter at dylan x short or you can follow the locked on braves account make sure you type in at locked on underscore Braves as somebody else got the first iteration of the handle and I've never been able to get it back. So um Reds fans, I don't mind if y'all follow me. I, I, I don't have any animus towards the Reds. I'm 30. So I don't really have that big hatred of the big Red machine or anything like that. So, and, and like I said before, the Cardinals are my hatred team. The rest of the central, I don't hate anybody in there. So Reds fans, if you ever just want to talk about how awful the Cardinals are and how much you hate them, feel free to shoot out a line and I will always be here for some Cardinals lander.
1: And you can also follow the lockdown Braves podcast, wherever you get your podcast and you can follow lockdown reds, the same place, all the wherever you get your podcast. It's it's great. It's nice to be on everywhere and make sure you're subscribed right here to the YouTube channel. But as for Dylan and myself, thank you so much for watching and listening. Dylan say goodnight, sir.
0: Everybody have fun. It's going to be a good little, uh, good little matchup tonight. Look at Braves fans, obviously we're looking for Tuki to dominate, but uh, looking for some good time. Looking for the Braves to be able to take over first place from those nasty, no good, dirty, rotten Phillies. Uh, and for the Reds, you know, good luck to y'all tonight. Hopefully, hoping, hoping that we blow you out, but you know, let's have a good game.
1: Speaking of the Phillies, the Reds got them this weekend too. It's going to be
0: hey, do me a uh, favor, wreck them.
1: Yeah, hoping so, man. Hey, thanks again.